Hello, friends. Welcome to Resting Church Face, a podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Allen, and this is episode two. This week, we are going to be talking about something near and dear to my heart, and that is books. So sit back, relax, put your reading glasses on if you need them. If you don't, you can still get blue light glasses that make you look smart and like you read a lot. If you have a cat, now would be a great time to like plop it on the couch next to you so it can purr and you can feel like you're in one of those British movies where you have a library that smells like mahogany. Let's get started. So one of the things you all should know about me, and if you know me in real life, you know this is true, I love to read. I can't remember a time that I wasn't reading. I used to read the cereal boxes at breakfast, like the back of the boxes. You remember like Honey Nut Cheerios used to have a like take the bee through the maze or like weird facts. I would read those because I just felt like I had to read something. And I read all the normal stuff as a kid. I read, you know, a lot of golden books, Sweet Valley Twins, The Babysitter's Club, Sweet Valley High. But I think the first grown-up book that I ever read was when I was 13. I read Jurassic Park by Michael Crichton. And I think I read this book before the movie actually came out. And I really liked it, but I was so scandalized by all of the curse words that I actually took a ballpoint pen and marked through all of the curse words and then made substitutions in the margins with the words that I thought should have been used, like heck or darn it or dang it. (laughs) So if you got that book at like a yard sale or a used bookstore and you opened it and you're like, what? I'm sorry. It was me. But I don't do that anymore. If I lend you a book as an adult, you're just gonna have to deal with the curse words because, you know, I didn't write it. But I love to read. And for the past like five or six years, I have kept a running tally on my iPhone of all the books that I've read throughout the year. And I've always wanted to read 100 books a year. That's always been my goal. And I've never been able to do it. I've gotten close a few times. I think I got in the 80s last year or the year before last. But in 2022, I finally did it. I actually read 102 books in 2022. I will pause for your admiration. (laughs) But I really think there are two ways of looking at this. One, you could say to yourself, wow, Amanda Allen is really impressive. I hope you're all sitting around saying that. She reads a lot. She, she must just do nothing else. Or you could ask yourself, what is one way of telling people that you are single and don't have children without telling them that you're single and you don't have children? That way, that way would be to announce that you've read 102 books in a year. <laughs> you must have a lot of time on your hands. No, I don't. Just because I am single and I don't have kids does not mean that I'm not very busy and important because I am. But I do read a lot. But there are some ways that I feel like I speed up my reading process, and I will give you some of those tactics. One, I read a lot of audiobooks. I actually read an article recently that stated that we process the information when we listen to audiobooks the same way that we process the information as if we were when we're holding a book and reading it with our eyeballs. And that is true. When I listen to an audiobook, I see the story in my head exactly the same way that I would see the story if I were actually holding the book and reading it. So I do count audiobooks as books. And so that helps me because a lot of times, you know, I'm listen- I can listen to those in the car. I listen to those when I'm getting ready, doing the dishes, whatever I'm doing. So that helps me read a little bit faster. I also use the playback speed function. So I most of the time will listen to an audiobook at like 1.5. I feel like that's a pretty good speed. I feel like if you go to like 2.0, they get a little chipmunky. 
But sometimes you get a narrator who just is the slowest talker in the world, and that drives me crazy. That can really ruin an audiobook experience, a bad narrator. But that helps me a lot of times to speed it up. So that makes things a little bit faster. I also have a Kindle. I have the Kindle app on my iPhone, uh, and I have different books for different rooms. I have been made fun of for this, but you never know when you're going to be caught and you need a book. So having my Kindle app or having my actual Kindle in my purse or on my phone Sometimes, you know, you're caught at the DMV or you're in a line and you're bored out of your mind. You have a book. I have a living room book because sometimes I need to read in the living room and I don't want to get up. I have a bedroom book because, again, sometimes I'm in my bedroom and I don't want to get up and go to the living room and get the living room book. But that being said, (laughs) I have a lot of books in different places, so there's always something within reach. And I do read several books at a time. I know that there are some people that like to read one book at a time, but I find it actually breaks up the monotony for me to have several books going at a time. It just keeps me interested. So those are a couple ways that I read a little bit faster. And I want to talk today, this episode, about some of the books in 2022 that I just thought were fantastic. I'm not going to talk about all 102 books. Yes, this podcast is going to be seven hours. No, I think I have like less than 10 of the books that I thought were really just standout books that I read. Not all of the books I read in 2022 were great. In fact, I would say probably the majority of them were not that good, but there were a few that I just really loved and we're going to go through them. I'm going to read them or I'm going to go through them in in no particular order. I'm just going to go through them in the order that I read them, which I guess is a particular order actually, if you think about it, but I'm not going to go by different, like all genre types. So there's going to be all kinds of different things. I'm kind of flip around. I just love a good story. You're going to figure that out. I do like historical dramas and I like historical books and memoirs and biographies and just interesting fact books. But more than anything, I just really love a good story. I especially love a really good mystery. And I'm talking about like the kind of mystery where you're almost done with the book and you're like, I still don't know who did this. Now, if you get to the end of the book and you still don't know who did this, they're a terrible author. (laughs) You should know who the murderer was by the end of the book. Um, But I really like a book that keeps me guessing. I will say, though, I hate ambiguous endings. I do not like it when I finish a book and I am not sure what happened. That drives me crazy. Or like the author makes you have to figure it out like, oh, there are several different ways of interpreting this ending. No, tell me how it ended. Tell me who did it. Tell me who was responsible. That's the kind of book I like. So we're going to go through all kinds of different things. I have some scary books. I have some mystery books. I have some just fun, heartwarming stories. Um, And we're just going to go through them. So relax. Let's get started. So the first book I want to talk about is a memoir. It is by Martin Short, and it is called, I Must Say, My Life as a Humble Comedy Legend. This book is so much fun. So Martin Short is probably one of, well, he is one of my very favorite comedians. In fact, he and Steve Martin, all they have to do is like stare at a camera. They don't even have to say anything and I'll start laughing. This book is just, it's like having a conversation with Martin Short. So I actually listened to this one on audiobook. I would highly recommend listening to it if you'd like to read it because Martin Short reads the book. He does all the voices of the characters that he does when he's talking about them. There's lots of juicy gossip about lots of celebrities. Steve Martin, Gilda Radner, I didn't know they dated. Um, Just, it's everything you want it to be. And I was so pleasantly surprised and relieved that he is everything I hoped he would be. 
you know, sometimes you find out a little bit about somebody that you really like and you're just super disappointed. Like they're kind of jerks. And Martin Short is not one of those people. He just seems like a delightful human and you would want to get to know him. So I would highly recommend this book. In fact, I will tell you one small story. I love Martin Short so much that his character, which the title of the book, I must say, came from a catchphrase that his character, Ed Grimley, that he created. If you don't know who Ed Grimley is, you can look him up on Saturday Night Live um, clips or Second City. But this character always had a dance and he would, his hair would point straight up in a triangle. And he did a little, and he would, his catchphrase was, I must say, when I was in sixth grade in Miss Nawyer's class in reading class, she had us all create a commercial that we had to perform. Like we had to come up with a product and sell it. I'm not sure what this had to do with reading, but we did it. It was the assignment. But it was before I was embarrassed to do things like this. I think if I were older, I would not have been this brave, but I was in sixth grade. I was 11. So I actually went to the bathroom, hairsprayed my hair to stand straight up on my head and performed my entire commercial as Ed Grimley in that voice, complete with the I must says and dancing and yes. So that is how much I love Martin Short. (laughs) Okay. The second book is a scary story. So I love a good scary story. I don't like gross stories. I don't like a lot of gore. Like books that are just carnage do not interest me, but a good scary story. So if there is a ghost, yes. If it is a child ghost, double yes. If it is a Victorian child ghost, I am in. Um, This one is not a Victorian child ghost mystery, but it is super scary. So it is about, it is called Ghost Story by Peter Straub. And it is about a group of old men. And I believe it's some, I can't remember. I need to get up and look. I I did not look at this before I recorded it. But it's like New Hampshire or Maine, one of those towns that's always cold, has a lot of snow. There's a lot of fishing, water, that kind of thing. But they get together every winter and they have a group called the Chowder Society. And they like to tell ghost stories. And they always start their ghost stories with the question, what is the worst thing you've ever done? And most of the time, their stories aren't true. But at the beginning of this story, they decide to start telling a true story. And it is super terrifying. Um, It all involves a woman that they all have met at different times in their life. And you begin to find out that they all have some things in common. And the thing that they did that was really bad is really bad. And she is not going to let them get away with it, even from the grave. So Ghost Story by Peter Straub. The third one is a murder mystery. I love a good murder mystery that's well done. And this one is called The Word is Murder. It's by Anthony Horowitz. Anthony Horowitz is very interesting in that he is a screenwriter and a movie scriptwriter, as well as an author. He has written for Poirot, uh, the show Poirot, Midsummer Murders, Foil's War. He has teamed up with Steven Spielberg and Peter Jackson on a few different things. And in these stories, he actually puts himself as a character. So he inserts himself as Anthony Horowitz into the story. So he intersperses the fictional story along with things that actually happened, like meetings with Peter Jackson, meetings with Steven Spielberg, and and actors that are famous that he runs into, people he actually knows, along with this fictional story of teaming up with an ex-police detective named Daniel Hawthorne, and they solve a murder mystery. And there are three, I think there are three books in this series now. Um, the word is murder. I think the second one is the sentence is death. 
and I can't remember the name of the third one, but I have read the second one. It's really good, but it's just a really good, solid murder mystery. The fourth book is just a heartwarming story, and I love it when I start reading a book and I realize that the book is better than what I thought it was going to be. And I'm just really enjoying it. So this book is called The Patron Saint of Second Chances. It is by Christine Simon. And it's a book that's set in a very small town in Italy where everybody knows each other. And the mayor is also the vacuum cleaner repairman. (laughs) And he finds out that the pipes underneath the town are about to explode, literally are about to explode. And it's going to cost 70,000 euros to fix it, which they don't have. So in order to boost tourism, he tells what he thinks is a very little white lie. And that he tells someone that a very famous Italian actor is going to come to their town to film a movie. And before he knows it, it has snowballed out of control and everybody wants to be part of this movie. And in fact, he now has to start filming a movie that doesn't exist. And it's just, it walks that fine line because the characters are quirky and funny, but never annoying. And the tension is never frustrating. I don't like it when stories have tension that could be easily solved by one person just being honest. It's not like that. It's just funny and it's cute and it just, you know, really makes you like humanity. So The Patron Saint of Second Chances by Christine Simon. Let's talk about unreliable narrators. They can be good or frustrating. And I've read books that they are both. A lot of times an unreliable narrator can make me really angry, but this is a case in which I think it's done really well. So the book is called A Tidy Ending by Joanna Cannon, and the book centers around a woman named Linda in England. Linda, when you first start reading the story, comes across as being someone maybe not that bright, just a housewife. She's married to a guy named Terry, but the more the story goes on, you begin to realize that there is way more to Linda than meets the eye, and maybe more than she is telling you. And maybe she's not being totally honest. And then women begin to disappear. And Linda is in the middle of the investigation. And maybe she wants to be and maybe she doesn't. So I don't want to give too much away because I think the the real fun of this story is that I didn't know anything about it. And I just kept finding out twist after twist as you're reading and you're just really enjoying it. So unreliable narrator story, solidly done. A Tidy Ending by Joanna Cannon. And then lastly is a book that I read by Stephen King. And I love Stephen King. A lot of people think of Stephen King as being just someone who writes scary stories. And yes, he does that really, really well. But I don't think there is anybody who does good character development and just a really interesting story like Stephen King. So this book came out in 2022. It is called Fairy Tale. And it is what it says it is. It is a fairy tale. But I will tell you that it's more than a fairy tale. It is an ode to people. It is an ode ode to people. (laughs) I should just leave it at that. No, but it is a story for people who love their pets. (laughs) And it's also a fairy tale. But if, if you are like me and your pets are part of your family and you grieve intensely when they pass away because you loved them very much, and they weren't just animals to you, this is a book for you. And I said no spoilers, and I meant that, but I will tell you this, because when I read a book or watch a movie and a pet is introduced or an animal is introduced, I immediately am like, oh no, if this animal dies, I'm going to be so mad, and I have to find out. So I will tell you this. This is the only spoiler I will give you. The dog in the story does not die. 
So there you go. You can go into it and read it with um, the freedom of knowing that everything is going to be okay. But the story is about a, a teenage kid who befriends an elderly man in his neighborhood who has an aging German shepherd. And in the, in the course of becoming friends with this man, he finds out that this man has discovered a portal or a passageway to another world. And if he will take the dog to this other world, he can make the dog young again. And so that's his whole reason for going to this other kingdom. And if you like fairy tales, if you like Jack and the Beanstalk and Sleeping Beauty, and if you were that kid, this is a book for you because it is just so fun and enjoyable. And it takes all of those elements and puts them in an adult story. I mean, it's a grown-up story, but you just feel the fun of reading a magical story and a magical story where the dog is the hero along with the, the boy. And I just love it. So Fairy Tale by Stephen King. So those are the books that I really read. Those are six books. I think that's six. Yeah. Six books that I think were just fantastic standouts. There were some honorable mentions. I will mention that I almost put a few books in and I will tell you a few of those books. Um, one is The Thursday Murder Club by Richard Osman about patients in an assisted living facility that decide to solve a murder. That one was fantastic. I also really enjoyed and almost mentioned a book, um, and I'm really just going to keep it really simple. It's called Devolution by Max Brooks, and the blurb on the front really says it all. It is the Bigfoot thriller you did not know you needed. So I'll just leave it at that because it really is the Bigfoot thriller you didn't know you needed. And I will go ahead and put on Instagram a list of the 102 books that I read. So if you want to go ahead and see and just, you know, peruse those, and if you want to read some of them, that would be great. But these are just the six that I thought were really, really well done. All right. So last week I talked about a movie, Top Gun. This week, I want to talk about a show that I really enjoyed on Netflix, and I binge-watched the whole thing. And I'm not usually a binger when it comes to television shows, but this one, I just tore through it. And it is Wednesday. It's on Netflix. I know this is probably geared towards high school students, but I liked it so much. Now, I want to go on record as saying that the 90s movies, The Addams Family and Addams Family, Family Values, are some of the funniest movies to me. And I think Christina Ricci's portrayal of Wednesday Addams is fantastic. And to this day, I think one of the funniest scenes in a movie is from Adam's Family Values when they're at the camp and they're doing the first Thanksgiving play and <laughs> Wednesday Addams and her group of loser friends are the Indians that are invited to the Thanksgiving feast and she changes the dialogue and talks about how years from now um, the white people will be, you know, drinking their coffees and she will be, you know, the Indians will be relegated to reservations. And at the end of her speech, she says, and for all those reasons, I have decided to scalp you. <laughs> and she ties the, the mean girl up to the, the stake. That is one of the funnier, like I laugh every time I see it. So I really enjoy the original Adams Family movies from the 90s. But this show is helmed by Tim Burton. So it feels like a Tim Burton movie, but also a little less 
weird. <laughs> and it is weird. I will say it's weird. But it's just so enjoyable. And it takes all of the elements of the Adams Family TV shows and the movie and just makes them into a whole other creation. The girl that plays Wednesday, Jenna Ortega, is so spot on perfect down to the dance she does, her facial expressions. I love that Thing, the hand, is just as funny in the show as he is in the in the movies. And I love that Christina Ricci plays one of the teachers at the school that Wednesday Adam att- Adams attends. And she does a fantastic job. It's a nice little Easter egg for those of us that loved those movies in the 90s. So I highly recommend it. Um, I liked the twist at the end. There were things that I thought were going to happen that didn't happen, but the, what actually happened was better, if that makes sense. So if you like a show that you can just get lost in the story and it's kind of dark, but not that scary, I recommend Wednesday. Now, I will say it is not for little kids. There is some language that you probably need to watch out for, but for adults, if you just want to have fun, that's the show to do it. All right, guys. So that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. And I really appreciate all the likes and the follows and the really sweet comments. I'm having so much fun and I'm so appreciative. If you could follow me on Apple and Spotify, that would be great. And if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts, that would be wonderful. That helps people find the podcast and I would be so, so thankful. You can find me on Instagram. It's really easy. I'm at Resting Church Face. I hope you have a wonderful week and let's get together again soon.